This is PR in the 80s, a podcast where we interview former CRECOM students and public relations professionals who will share with us their learning and experience with public relations. Today we'll be talking to Paul Friesen and Susan Magus. As two former CRECOM students, they're going to be discussing with us their experience with public relations while studying creative communications in the 80s. We are your hosts, I'm Alyn Lyons. And I'm Cassie Music, and this is PR in the 80s. Welcome to PR in the 80s. I'm your host, Cassie Music. And I'm Alyn Lyons. Um, and today we are joined by two former CRECOM graduates. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm Susan Magus. And I'm Paul Friesen. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess to um, start, when did you guys uh, go to CRECOM? I guess I'll go first because I went before Paul. I went to CRECOM from 1980 to 1982. And I'll tell you guys right now that I didn't graduate because I got a job in uh, early April. No, actually it was in January of that year. And so I decided to go and work full time and not complete the course. But had it not been from the co- for the course, I wouldn't have got a job. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> and I went from 89 to 91. And uh, also got a job right out of CRECOM, but I did finish. They gave me credit for some radio part-time work I was doing at uh, CJOB. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. (laughs) Um, And then what was CRECOM like back then? Um, Well, I know some people who are in your classes now, and it sounds in some ways that it's quite similar. The first year you're just sort of feeling your way around term mm-hmm. two is super duper heavy duty yeah yeah Tons I'm feeling that. So that hasn't changed <laughs> <Nope>. um, <laughs> and uh then you know term three was a little easier by the second year you're getting to go out for on the job training and that was fantastic mm-hmm. um that's how i got into the my career and i think that was the most valuable thing about this program was that it got you out into the field and got you give you give you a chance to try a job and in a way you would never have gotten your foot in the door at businesses back yeah. then in the media and and in PR and that kind of thing. Many of my um, classmates got jobs because of the on-the-job mm-hmm. training experience for sure. And what courses were offered specifically? Uh, well, you would major in either journalism, PR, or advertising. Mm-hmm. Those were your three choices. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Was it the same for you? Uh, then yep, when you those were your three choices. You had to choose by your second year, right? Um, yeah. Which one you wanted to major in. Right. And uh, I just remember the first year being hell, uh, <laughs> a ridiculous amount of writing. And, uh, and then the second year was much more practical, hands on, and it just started to feel better. Uh, like the first year, it was not tempting to quit, but I could see that weeding out people that weren't ready for that. Not that we had a lot of people leave either, but um, yeah, in the second year, then you, the like Susan said, the the on-the-job uh, training parts were fantastic. I spent mine at CBC and at uh, CJOB, I guess, and ended up working at CJOB then. So. And you also worked at the Winnipeg Sun for one summer. In the summer, between the two years of school, worked mm-hmm. at the Sun, and that's where I still am. So oh. yeah, I make some great contacts doing those yeah. things. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in your second year, in your majors, did you get the chance to have electives? Hmm. 
explain I, you know, like electives, uh, um, elective subjects? Yeah, because mm. this year they decided to take that privilege away, oh. kind of. So we have our courses are just like in first year you, you get the five or seven and that's it. That's all you have. Was that similar to when you mm, guys were in Greek? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we had choices beyond our majors. I don't recall any choices either, no. No, I don't think we had choices beyond our majors. Yeah. Oh. I don't think so. Maybe we've forgotten. <laughs> I, I, don't, I really don't think so. No. But I will say this about, just to stress the getting out and getting the work experience, I actually decided to be an advertising major because mm -hmm. I thought, you know, wow. I'd really like to do that. And then I ended up going to, at the time, I went to CJOB, and they said, well, we've got too many CRECOM students these three weeks, so would you mind going into the newsroom for the time? And I said, well, okay, you know, you'd want to cooperate when you're a student. Mm -hmm. And I went in the newsroom and realized, what am I doing? This is what I love. I, I think I'm going to do this instead. So I completed school doing the advertising major and did my full projects and everything, but it ended up working in journalism. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Was it hard to um, get into journalism after you had spent time doing advertising? Well, it no, not really, because I ended up getting like getting the job, and then I didn't even finish all right. the courses anyway. But I did do my major project in advertising, and I did complete that before I left to go and work full time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of which, could you guys? We call them. IPPs now? Is yeah. that what you guys call yeah. them? Guys, Same thing. Yeah, do you guys want to tell us um, what your IPPs were? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I certainly remember mine. Is that just a second-year thing, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay. mine was a... Um, I better not get it mixed up with a, other assignments. I'm pretty sure my IPP was a video production, a hockey video, and I had been working part-time at the University of Manitoba, so I did it on the Bison hockey team. Pretty sure that was the IPP. Would that count as an IPP? Probably a video. I think yeah, so. yeah, I think so. so. So it was a getting a bunch of footage, a bunch of highlights from games, live, doing the shooting myself, and I also remember got a cameraman to help me, a professional cameraman, and uh, uh, didn't write much of a script, but uh, putting it up together, pr producing the video mm -hmm. was uh, was the hard part. Yeah. So that that's what mine was. I'm pretty sure. Boy, I, from, this is a long time ago for yeah. me, guys. <laughs> I think that it was, I put together a multimedia campaign for the Manitoba Safety Council at the time. That's what I remember doing. Mm. And I did, I did television ads, radio ads, and print ads. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds it was like a it. lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> and um, just switching the topic to PR class, can you tell us about what you did in PR and like what were the main topics? Because now we kind of do like at the beginning of class, we talk about PR and in, in the news. Did you guys do that when you were in class? Mm. PR in the news, yeah, like you mean uh, how PR influences the news, or you mean how to handle it? Crisis, um, maybe as a yeah, it could be like a crisis of a corporation, yeah. like responding, oh, yeah. anything um, like that. Okay, I remember doing a little bit of that, but I didn't feel we did enough of that mm -hmm. because certainly in all my years as a journalist, I often we I, I've actually worked with many CRECOM students over the years who come for on-the-job training where at CBC where I work, and I've found that that is one thing that. Uh, the program I think is better at than it used to be because we didn't do that much of it back in the 80s. It was more, you know, just 
being working in PR, writing releases for companies and agencies and that kind of thing. It wasn't so much managing whatever might be out in the news, managing the message. Wow. Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot about PR. I really didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Is Fair there enough. a specific reason why you didn't like it? Uh, you know, I kind of wanted to be a sports writer the whole time, so mm -hmm. uh, it just wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel about PR? Well, class? I think PR, what... The thing about PR is you really have to believe in what you're writing about, right? So if you're if you're um, working for a company in particular, you've really got to believe in everything they do because yeah. you want to. If you won't write well if you can't believe in it yourself, and so for me, I felt that it would be more difficult to always agree with what an agency or a company that I worked for was saying. And that was maybe why I, like at first I was quite attracted to PR, but then that was maybe why I shied away from it more, mm -hmm. that I wanted to be able to be free of having to worry about presenting a message that somebody above me uh, or that is paying for me to write uh, has to okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were there any particular um, events or scandals that you guys did talk about in your PR classes that you can remember? Hmm. Not me, no. That's uh, that's too many. We're too far removed from that to remember a specific topic in class, at least for me. Susan, of course, has a much better memory. Well, so. I'm just thinking for a minute, though, and I, I can't, I actually can't think of a scandal or a big overriding topic that we talked about. We, we certainly did sort of the, you know, what was happening on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. and I know we did sometimes... Um, the the PR teacher at the time, her name was Sheila Breen, she has since passed, she had also worked in PR and so she would sometimes bring in releases, you know, that she got from people in the in the business that were real releases that had been put out for us to have a chance to look at them and analyze them and see what worked about them and, you know, how we might do our own version of it. So we did that kind of thing, but I don't remember any big crises per se. Mm -hmm. Um, one thing we talk about is the Tylenol crisis. Um, yeah. Do you guys remember that at all? Yeah, the Tylenol crisis, I hate to date myself, but the Tylenol crisis happened after I finished Crecom and was now working. Uh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, I remember the Tylenol crisis, but I remember like as a journalist covering it. Right, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you want to tell us about reporting on the Tylenol crisis? Oh, well... I only, we, I mean, it was pretty much a big national, international yeah. story. So we only did, a, um, like we would obviously report, I was working at CJOB at the time, and mm -hmm. so you're covering local, national, international news on all your casts. Yep. So I remember uh, reading many stories about it on the radio, and I also remember a few times going and, you know, doing streeters, that kind of thing, talking to people about what they thought about it and whether they were buying Tylenol and and how this was affecting their decisions, that kind of thing. So we would do the local spin-off. We still do that to this day, right? We try to do the local spin-off on, on anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, as journalists, do you cover a lot of PR incidents? And if you do, would you tell us about that? Um, okay, help me understand what you mean by a PR incident. Um, Trying like, to think of one we like talk about it every day. <laughs> where somebody mismanaged the message, maybe? Is that what yeah, you're thinking? Like yeah. Some, something recently, if you... Um, let's see. Well, of course, south of the border, we have mismanaging of the yeah. message going on every day, right? Yes. I'm trying to think of something locally here. Um, well, I mean, you, this would be, I guess, in a way, public relations, but more from a government 
perspective. Uh, so we've got our Gar Premier who has a fancy house in Costa Rica. Yeah. And of course he was said he was here in Manitoba when he was in Costa Rica. So we have worked on stories, um, you know, basically unspinning the message that his handlers were s sending us that yeah. he was here when he wasn't here or how much time he was spending here when he wasn't really. So we've definitely unraveled those kind of stories. So that was just a couple of summers ago. Yeah. We do that a lot, unspin what we're hearing from PR people. Um, back in around 99, 2000, the uh, Blue Bombers were almost going bankrupt. And uh, I kind of covered that, uh, I guess, yeah, I was at the sun already, yeah. And, um, you know, you've always got to cut through the the official spin you're getting yeah. and ask some tough questions and get to the real matter yeah. at hand and that's kind of what we do every day yeah. yeah yeah and then when you were either just graduated or even when you were in Crecom when you were dealing with those um the spin from the PR mm -hmm. people did you find that difficult um well it's frustrating because mm -hmm. it's almost uh, like you're getting roadblocks to what you need to do as a journalist right so that um and you clash then you know yeah. it's, you're not always going in uh, to a welcoming handshake <laughs> <You> know, <they're, laughs> they don't like to see you coming or, mm -hmm. or hear you calling so uh, that's a challenge but that's uh that's the job mm -hmm. absolutely sure. um so how do you guys work in with the pr teams in your offices at work as journalists mm. um so our pr team because we're uh, crown corporation they they refer to them as our communications department and so they actually are quite interwoven into our product um, trying to get the CBC message out into the community. So um, they're heavily involved in us taking our product, which is our programming, out into the community to do live remotes and that type of thing, and even to do town halls that aren't broadcast. And then uh, we invite people from the community to come, give them a sense of what our brand is and why they should care about what we do. Um, and then we will... Take, we'll record those kinds of events, and then we'll make we'll create some programming out of it, which then appears on the radio or on television. And so you're basically weaving your PR, your communications, in with your product, which in our case is is programming. Yeah. And at the Sun, we have no PR people. We're now part of Post Media, have been for a long time now, mm -hmm. uh, based in Toronto. So that's where all the communication staff is. Um, the little bit of uh, marketing type of. Um, uh, staff that we have had here over the years, uh, no no interaction with them for in, from the newsroom or from the editorial department at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was your favorite part about Crecom? Well, for me, as I said earlier, it was that a chance to get my foot in the door at a real employer. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a very, there was a lot of camaraderie. And, you know, when you were working on projects, particularly for IPP or radio and television, you had to engage uh, some of your classmates to help you with stuff. Like, I remember being a, a guest on somebody's TV show. Mm -hmm. um, they, they did a quiz show, and so I was one of the one of the contestants so you know you had to participate with each other and it so you, you did form some pretty strong bonds like I uh, you know how many years ago is that I was there and I still have a few friends from wow. yeah from then that I still keep in touch with so yeah the, awesome. that camaraderie was really mm -hmm. was really fun yeah, yeah that is a big part of it too because you're so deluged with work yeah. that you feel like you're in you're being barraged and your students know what you're going through so you lean on each other and carpool and 
and all that. I remember that and putting a big magazine project together with some other people, that an outdoorsy kind of magazine. And then the other thing for me was the going to law courts and the police uh, headquarters to cover um, uh, either a real trial or uh, or a mock police news conference. You know, that was just invaluable experience. And yeah. then to write that up and have a good critical journalism teacher to point out where you could have done better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just a great experience. How did you feel about the magazine project? Oh, I, did you guys do that too? We, no. they actually got rid of it. Oh, they did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved it. The it first year, we are the first year to not do it. Yeah. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. that's yeah. too bad. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I loved it. One of my favorite projects. Still have, still have a copy of it. Probably anyway. buried somewhere. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of students who... It was called Walkabout. Who, cool. Did not care for it. I, my sister graduated from Creek Common. That was one of her... She's like, I hated that magazine project. Oh, really? Yeah. Which <laughs> sounds really fun. I wish we could do that. Yeah, I think... I think we would have had a good time. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky yeah. I didn't do the production. I just had to do the writing. So okay. maybe that's why I didn't yeah. mind. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been why. <laughs> do you have uh, anything to um, So what made you choose Crecom specifically over any other program? Hmm. Well, it was all about writing. And um, that was my thing. That's what I thought I could do well. So that's that's the reason. I didn't. There was, there was no superfluous courses not uh, well there still might have been a couple but uh, <laughs> but it, you didn't have to take um four years of all kinds of things that weren't related to what you wanted to do and it was the hands-on part mm-hmm. we'll keep going back to that those uh, job experience weeks were uh, were a big attraction too yeah yeah i'd say for me um at the time crecom was the only uh, real writing program around um i looked at maybe taking journalism in at Western but that's I'm from here so that was a big advantage and yeah I I don't even remember how I first heard about Crecom but then when I read the the outline for what was being offered I thought wow this is really good you're getting such a broad range of things that gets you into communications right and yeah so I thought that was fantastic yeah Um, when you were in Crecom did teachers help you find jobs when you were here like full-time jobs, you mean, or like part-time while you're in school? Um, just either or. Usually now we, going into like the summer, um, like prof- like our teachers will be like, oh, I found, like they're looking to hire here. Um, I'm going to con- like get you in contact with these people. Did- yeah, mm-hmm. if, well, like whatever was available, they would sh- for sure. And uh, what I recall from back then was there were a fair number of summer PR jobs and that kind of thing available. Um, but... By the time you get to second year, you know, yeah. if you're not taking PR, then that job wouldn't appeal to you. So, yeah, there were definitely the, the instructors were helping people. Yeah. And for sure, my summer job between years one and two, um, my uh, journalism instructor that first year had worked at the Sun. So I think she was instrumental in letting them know that there's someone here that could take that summer job. And she let me know that uh, it was really important for me to hear that your writing is good enough to, to do that for the summer because you know you're not sure right yeah, you know, yeah. no clue if you're doing well or not yeah, exactly. <laughs> so i needed to hear that and i think she would have been instrumental in opening the door for that i think yeah yeah, yeah. um would you guys re- would you guys recommend crecom to other people who are interested in the field absolutely Absol- you bet absolutely i would yeah sure. it's it's just 
it's a fantastic experience mm -hmm. and and in the end it helps you if you don't actually get a job it helps you figure out is this where I belong right because yeah. you've had so much exposure to so much of the real workings of what you're studying yeah. so yeah yeah do you guys see a lot of creative communication uh, students in your workplaces now, like either mm -hmm. applying for jobs and things like that, and getting them, yeah, and getting them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. work with some, uh, work with and see just in uh, daily, daily routine that uh, either the jets or the bombers uh, practices and things see guys there that the young guys that are come from Crecom and and we have one working at the Sun as well, so yeah, yeah. for sure, still producing say, workers. I would yeah. say I've worked with dozens of Crecomers. Some of them, when they come for on-the-job training, and some of them, you know, have, I've sort of looked after them for their three weeks. I might be responsible for what they would do. And many of them I've worked with that ended up getting full-time jobs wow. after the fact. So lots and lots of pre-commerce for many, many years. Yeah. Um, what do you think the – are there, like, big differences between students who um, do other programs compared to students who do pre-com when you see them come into the workplace? Um, Probably don't deal with others, right? Because well, it's just journalism we're actually, dealing with. So, actually, do I do. Yeah. I would say the difference, I do notice a bit of a difference, and the difference that I notice, um, like people who've come from a university program um, are, you know, m might be wanting to do more in-depth stuff, and they might not be as, for lack of a better term, jump to the pump. Like in Crecom, you got to go, 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 right? Yeah. And that's how so many jobs in the real world are. you got to go, go, go. You don't get that luxury of, I need more time to think about this or research this. It's just like, go with it. And so that's one thing I've noticed is, generally speaking, Crecomers, to me anyway, appear more confident and are, can, are quicker to make decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guys have any um, auto-fail horror stories? <laughs> hmm. Oh, I do. Like I, screwing, yeah. Up, yeah. screwing up on I, the I job kind of thing or at school? Uh, like at school, at like school. did you guys have the critical errors where if you misspelled a proper oh, name? Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, no, actually, no, I don't think I had that. But I will tell you a funny story <laughs> sure. that I was the subject of uh, a real story in the free press by a former journalism instructor at Red River. And he, of course, had known me for years. And so in the story for the Free Press, he spelled my name wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> and it got back to, the, to his students. Like, we were all ribbing him in the real world. And then it got back to his Crecon students that he had spelled my name wrong. So I think he then, for the rest of the year, got ribbed about the auto yeah. Oh, yeah. no. That's right. That's the fear. <laughs> Sphere. Um, I think those are all the questions we have. Is there anything else you guys want to add about Crecom or about um, working in general? You should know that we learned to write on manual typewriters. Okay? Oh, oh, really? Yeah. So figure that out, right? You, yeah. You, you're not, uh, you, you know, your instinct is to first write it on a longhand, at least it was when I was that age, and then you'd want to retype it on your manual typewriter because there's no correction. Yeah. But no, we had to create and write at a manual typewriter. And wow. use whiteout. You know what whiteout is? Yes. <laughs> I do. I've heard of it. <laughs> oh, no. The good I can old imagine days. typing good old days. a typewriter. Yeah. But, but I would say this. Communications. People are still people. And so you've got all you've got your computers in front of you. I mean, that's all we use now is computers, too, yeah. and phones and everything else, and, and all digital. Everything's digital. But it doesn't change 
the way the human brain is and the way we all communicate with each other and what makes a good story and how to get someone's attention, especially if you're writing a news release and it's coming to me and now I'm getting 50 of them in a day and now you want to get my attention as the journalist to help get your message out. Uh, so that doesn't change. That communication, the way we our brains work doesn't change. So in that way, it's still a craft and it'll always be that way. Yeah. It, when you were in first year, second semester, do you, did you have the PR proposal, the situation analysis, the, the target audience? It rings a bell. It's, it's like a 20-page proposal. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 I, that and was just a thought in my head because that's like the horror. Hell. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that second term was hell. Yeah. Was yes. And I remember I, I actually had one of the newer – um, portable electric typewriters and I remember at five o'clock in the morning sitting on my bed typing whatever it was due that day and but yeah that whole second term was just a nightmare yeah absolutely. and I tell all pre-commerce that yeah <laughs> that hasn't changed eh? no, no it 20 hasn't. years ago right yeah, yeah. wow I remember like on our first day of orientation, them saying like, oh, first semester, it's awful. And then going through and being like, this isn't that bad. And then you get to second semester, you're like, oh, this one's bad. <laughs> this is what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah for but sure. it only seems bad now. It'll be good. Yeah. It's going to do you good. Guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a good test for you because then you won't feel overwhelmed when mm-hmm. you're doing, when you get, when you have a, a real job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'll seem easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. How has social media changed the communications industry since you've started? Hmm. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Uh, so when I first started at The Sun, um, you'd, fall, you'd read the wire service, Canadian Press wire service and Associated Press. Now you just read Twitter. That's your wire service mm-hmm. that really has replaced that. And not only that, there's a, a pressure to get something on the on to, on social media as quickly as possible, right? You don't just wait till the end of the day and make your newspaper deadline anymore, obviously. So it's almost a daily, hourly pressure, kind of like radio for Susan. Well, mm-hmm. really, social media means that there, it's it every minute is a deadline, right? Because yeah. it's, things are so instantaneous, and so even in radio, where I worked for years on an hourly deadline, now it's just every minute is a deadline. The other thing about social media, there's good and bad about it. I'll start with the bad first. The bad being that you can have so much false stuff out there and then you have to decide when you're in mainstream, whether it's PR, advertising, journalism, whatever, are you going to address that false information or are you just going to ignore it? And you have to weigh each decision separately because it depends really how it catches on and you know what flavor it takes, that kind of thing. Then on the other side, social media is fantastic for um, helping in the mainstream, helping you to connect to people you would never connect with otherwise. And I think back to uh, when I started, you had to be a bit of a private detective to find people, you know, if there had been a, a murder or if, there, if you were just looking for a regular Joe that didn't have some official title, you had to be, do a bit of a detective work and you had to, you know, search different uh, provincial agencies to find them. It was it was like being a detective. Whereas now you can just go on social media. I, I'm I'm working on a story right now about a woman who's missing, and I want to talk to her family. Well, years ago without social media, I would have had to you know look through the phone book, maybe try to find neighbors, anybody who yeah. can get me to that person. Well, now I I just find her sister on social media, and I find yeah. her mom on social media, and I just send them a message. Would you talk to me? Yeah. So, 
you know, that's the good in it. It really mm-hmm. connects you fast. And also, like, so this is about a missing Indigenous woman. Well, they used to, nobody covered their stories before. Well, now it's front and center and in large part because of social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think those are all of our questions. Yeah. Um, yeah thank you so much for coming yeah, us, coming you. in and helping us with this project. You're welcome. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Good. Thank you. Good luck with it. <laughs> thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs>